Is the mic on? Well, I lied to you. And I didn't mean to lie to you. I don't know if it's a lie if I unknowingly lied, but turns out I didn't tear my ACL. I tore my meniscus. So what happened was I had to have a follow-up appointment with the doctor to discuss. I'm going to surgery, pre-op. And so he in the meeting said, you tore your meniscus. And I'm like, wait a minute, I tore my ACL, but I didn't want to say anything because in the first meeting, he said, you tore your ACL. So then when I left the meeting, I called the nurse and I said, I have a question. In the first meeting, did the doctor say, I tore my ACL because you were taking notes? She said, no, he said, you tore your meniscus. And I said, I'm starting to think all these women I've dated that told me I don't listen are right. They're right. I don't listen. Yeah. I don't, they're, you know, they, they've got a point. Yeah. And now, have you torn anything? I just think I got into this rotator cuff thing going. I have, I'm waiting to go see the doctor for the shoulder. And, yeah. And it might be a, I don't know what it is. Talk yet. to me first, because you have to Google. When I said I tore my uh, ACL, I got a lot of sympathy, empathy. People cared. Meniscus, nobody gives a shit. What's the difference between meniscus and ACL? Uh, the amount of attention you get. That's what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Episode 53, What's Wrong with Orny Adams? I've got Maz Jabrani in Big Yellow. Can you guess what comedian's singing right now? Thinking of our funny little friend. Oh, yeah. He's got crazy hair. You work with him all the time. He's got great big eyes. What's his name, Kev? Orny. I'll give you a hint. This guy's in the Bare Naked Ladies. But the first guy is, I would say Jeff Ross, but it's not. No, I couldn't get somebody as big as Jeff Ross. <laughs> please. That's Harlan Williams. Oh, that's great. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Nice to have you here. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff besides ACLs and meniscuses and stuff like that. We're going to talk about Fakita. We're going to talk about uh, me being on, I'm on disability, actually. Are I was you? injured on the set. Oh, geez. Yeah, I was injured on the set shooting this movie, Teen Wolf bringing this down so now i'm actually on workman's comp and disability workman's comp uh from the government and then do you have disability insurance okay I, i'm gonna be honest with you i don't really know what the difference is so i just sort of well, someone else is paying for so everything. no workman's comp is when so if you get hurt and, and i mean there's just there's this or maybe it's called disability but basically i'm, I'm wondering because i don't know if you as a comedian have gone and actually gotten insurance disability insurance have you gotten that no i was working on it on this movie called teen wolf right and when i was injured it's amazing what happens is they run over there's a there's medics on the set yeah they wrap you yeah they, they uh t then a guy comes over hi i'm john i'm with safety for paramount the studio yeah, yeah. i go these people are serious yeah he starts taking notes taking pictures calls the office to get me a caseworker. This happens within 24 hours. Wow. They've got me a nurse, a full-time Terry, my nurse. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. In fact, I ran the ACL uh, joke by her an hour ago. Okay. Just to make sure, okay. you know, it worked. Uh, yeah. Meniscus. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm the doctor who's doing it. I won't give out his name, but he's the, I mean, you could probably Google it. He's the doctor for the, um, uh, what is the hockey team we have out here? The Kings. Kings. He's yeah. the LA Kings. Hockey. Okay. So okay. you go to the facility. You got the Stanley Cup. Right so this there. was recent because yeah. so you were on. Were you on a TV show for Teen Wolf? Right. Now they're doing the movie. Yeah. And you're on the set, and what happened? Like it was a stunt or something. <laughs> it's, a stu it's so pathetic. It's oh, called a stunt. Yeah. So you've played sports before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's a difference. Explain to people what the difference is between grass 
an AstroTurf 1.0, not the new AstroTurf. Right. It's just a lot harder. AstroTurf's a lot harder. It's not good for your joints or anything. Right. So you're standing there. You're playing what? Baseball on no, AstroTurf? No, we, we play... Um, it's uh, lacrosse, uh-huh. and it's this AstroTurf, which I didn't test it because I just thought it was grass. Sure. And so it's gravel uh-huh. with oh, yeah. fake grass. Yeah, yeah. So they said, run, slide on your knees oh, when the no. victory happens. Slide on your knees? Yeah. No, you need a stuntman for that. Right. So I run. I drop to my knees. <sighs> my fat upper torso oh. lurches forward ah. my old pathetic aging knees stayed uh. exactly where they w- were and i heard Pop. oh no and then i got up i couldn't walk oh god and john from paramount said he looked they reviewed the footage they took full responsibility wow and so i have workmen's Whatever it is, they're paying for you. They pay for everything. Okay, great. great okay, great. so like if I go to, uh, when I have the surgery, they send a car service. Wow. They're paying the physical therapist that I, I've gone to. The lesson here is if you're going to get hurt, get hurt on set. <laughs> Even if you're not an actor, just become an extra. Get an extra part. If you know you got an injury coming, get an extra part and just fall. Yeah, just fall. <laughs> I'm thinking of like claiming the other knee. but like So now Paramount owns this knee for the rest of my life. So yeah. if in 20 years I have to do surgery again, I, I guess... So this is different from what, what I was talking because the other one that, that my business manager has me on is I've, I've got insurance for, you know, disability insurance, which would be if I were to, for whatever reason, not be able to, let's say I lost my voice, mm. I can't do stand-up comedy, then they would pay out. Right. That's the other thing. But you're with Paramount, so you don't I'm even need I'm on workman's mine. comp. Yeah, yeah. I've never had a job in my entire life. Wow. And now I have one job and I hurt myself. Yeah. So- and they're being so nice to me. Of course. I, they're, they're expecting a lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. They're expecting a lawsuit. Yeah. And so now when I'm out in public, yeah. I limp extra. Yes. I fake drop my keys yeah. and then I call somebody. Just because I can imagine the guy taking that, pictures. And also what you should do is you should look at like all the movies and everything they got coming out mm-hmm. and just play some calls. Be like, hey, you know, <laughs> I saw a part in that that I think I would be perfect for. <laughs> that'd be like yeah of course yeah 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 that's what i'd rather get yeah you're batman sure yeah. of course you're batman so my attorney for <laughs> who's my entertainment attorney says you need to talk to a uh you know one of these they're so slimy oh yeah the, personal the, pi P, yeah yeah yeah. personal yeah. injury oh god yeah the guys that, that have billboards yeah billboards and <laughs> so because you have to be protected moving forward yeah I couldn't take it. Yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. was like, "Do you think the field would, was negligent? Do you think the college you should?" I go, "No." Oh, they are you willing to testify against production? I said, "No." Yeah. And I said, "What kind of money are we talking about?" And yeah. I'll tell you the number off yeah. air. And I said, "That doesn't move me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. they want you to go to another doctor to get a second opinion. That's yeah. gonna be more. It's the whole thing is so slimy. Well, that reminds me of the uh, the famous scene. I think it was in Brady Bunch where there was somebody who play, who they, they had a fender bender and the person showed up at court yeah. with a neck brace. Right. And then the guy drops the book and the person on the stand turns their neck really fast and they're like, you can move your neck. And they're right. like, yeah, you got me. <laughs> That's, that's we're, we're quoting the Brady Bunch. Yeah, man. Mom always said. Yeah. Finish the sentence. Oh Mom gosh, I don't remember said, that. Mom always, what was that? Don't play ball in the house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How about how about? Uh, remember, um, like Peter dropped the ball down the how stairs. How about when it's time to, to change, change? You've it's got time to, to rearrange. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so Fill funny. in the blank. Yeah. Do you have umbrella policy insurance? 
Yeah, I think I got all that stuff. I once in a while, what happens is I I gotta go. So I, it's it's automatic payment on my credit card. So right. once in a while, when I'm going through my credit card, I see this lump sum that I'm paying. And I'm like, and I think inevitably every time, I don't remember spending it. So then I'll hit up my business manager. I'll be like, what's this again? And they're yeah. like, that's insurance. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, my my business guy said you got to get an umbrella policy. I said, what for? He said, well, like let's say you're in a car accident, and they recognize you from the the one thing I've done, <laughs> you know, and. So they, oh, well, this guy's on TV, plays a coach. We can we can sue him for extra yeah. money. So I call the umbrella policy, and I said, I'm just curious. Like, if I wanted to insure myself for like five million, you know, yeah. The other thing is, if somebody's on your property and falls, yeah, yeah this is a Team Wolf guy. He's got is, the he's got the knee money. He sued Paramount. I'm getting some <laughs> of that coach money. So, so this is so embarrassing. This is actually humiliating. So they have a tier system, yeah, for how to charge you. Okay. So let's say if you want five million, it's yeah. a, it's it's between one and five thousand dollars sure. a year yeah. for this umbrella yeah. policy, yeah. depending on your level of fame. Hilarious. Well, <laughs> they're like, we're gonna pay you to represent you. Here. I'm the lowest level <laughs> of liability. Oh, oh man, with hey. this umbrella policy, hey. it's humili- I'd rather pay five thousand dollars a year your and ego. feel good about myself. Your ego would like to pay more. Yes. I agree with you. I know what you're saying, but then again, the business side goes, "Hey, this is actually I'm in a, I'm in this is this is your wheelhouse because right. now you get recognized by few people. You get recognized by just the right amount of people to not lose your house. Yes. Do you, how many things do you think we pay for that's preventative, like dental? Uh. All these insurance, like we're just waiting for earthquakes. We're wait, like, well, I, I, I often think about like I have life insurance. I got, I got wife and kids now, so I got yeah. life insurance. So part of me is like, I need to die at whatever, whenever the life insurance runs out. I'm like, whatever, 60, 64. Oh, she might make sure of that <laughs> I gotta die by sixty four to cash. <laughs> and then you go, no, nah, I mean, I'd rather live. So yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because you pay so much into it. Um, but, but then again, it's one of these things that you hope you never have to use. Right. All, you know? all this, all this stuff. You know, I wanted to ask you about your kids who I love. Yeah. They love you. Uncle Orny. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I, for the longest time, I have to apologize. I suspected this was a family scam you guys were running, calling me uncle. Cause I thought, you know, these kids, the families decided Moz might not be around forever. <laughs> he wants this horny yeah. guy's got yeah. some he's got the coach money. Yeah. He's done well doing stand up. We might need somebody to step in and pay for college. Kids go over there and give him a hug right now. And call him Uncle Orny. So they go. call me Uncle. Hi, yeah. Uncle. Hi. My yeah. my nieces and ne- my biological nieces and nephews don't call me Uncle. Hilarious. And Hilarious. I go, these kids are they're, they're in for the college. Well, money. they were no, they were there because so what happened was they met you at um just at for just for last, which to them was such a they've they've been there twice now. I'm so yeah. happy I was able to bring them so then they see they meet all these comedians like i think i don't know if you were there the year i was hosting and it was like angelo sarukis and and eric griffin and no i forget who it was. so so then the next year it was with you and we were at, on the i think we were on the same flight we landed yes. and then they just you know they they took a liking to you and now yeah. that you're hanging backstage and you become uncle orny but it's also a cultural thing yeah i mean oh. yeah yeah definitely we say amu amu for persians it's mm-hmm. amu a-m-o-o and i think the indians because my wife's indian i think they may even say something like like that that same word but yeah i think it's it's just a term of endearment and they were so young back then now my son's 13 wow. my daughter's 11 so don't expect no uncle nothing they're, Whoa, they're and i saw your daughter the other night at the laugh Factory. yeah they're teenagers now and they'll be like hey what's up orny you know like, you know they, to me my dad my son took me aside he's like Daddy, um, I gotta talk to you about something. What is it? He goes, uh, can I start calling you dad? I was like, you bastard. 
How dare you? What was he calling you before? Daddy. Daddy oh. is like, that's your baby. And dad yeah. is like some guy. Hey, dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you punk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, whatever. Is your is. daughter going to do stand-up comedy? I don't know. She's very funny. You know, my daughter, she's, but both of them love comedy and they both are good writers. Like during the pandemic, my son organized this like online Zoom sketch show. He was like the Lorne Michaels of the show. Wow. Hey, welcome everybody. And then it would like cut to the next kid, next kid. And they raise money. And Another project I was left out of. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Well, it was, it was kids. Um, And then, and then my daughter also comedy wise, like one thing she said that I thought was very funny um, after Chris Rock got slapped like five minutes later was the in memoriam and yeah. my daughter without missing a beat she's like chris rock's cheek should be in the in memoriam oh, section good. I go, that's a good line and wow. i th thought about tweeting it but then i was like i'm team rock so i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not gonna beat him when he's down in that case you yeah. know but but that was for a, a, an 11 year old girl that's a funny joke yeah it's funny it's funnier than 99 90 percent of what i'm hearing yeah. out there yeah absolutely yeah. yeah is she available uh for writing is she punch up she does it <laughs> It's funny you say that because there's been times when I've been in the car driving and I've been talking to somebody about like a script we're writing. Yeah. And she can't help herself. She's like, Daddy, Daddy. And she'll throw out suggestions. Right. And there's been a couple of times where I actually like told the people that was like, hey, my daughter's got a a, a version of this. Can we include it in our... Th and, and we've looked at it because right. she naturally is funny. Right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Par and, and part of it is, I'm just going to adjust your camera. I no didn't problem. Realize you're adjust not, it. You should be it. sort of in the middle, this I think. belly of mine. Oh, no, you God. look good. You always, right. And you look good. so good in a suit. I'm so jealous. And I mean, you should be 20 pounds heavier than me. You don't have a wife and kid. Like You don't have a wife and kids. I don't. Right. Yeah, that's thank what, you. Yeah, that's what we meant to say. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't. So you should be 20 pounds yeah, heavier. Yeah. Thank you. By the way, these are the flubs I make when I do the podcast alone. There's nobody here to correct me. Well, so it's funny. No, it's funny you say that because I, I did something like that recently where I was, I was recording a video and I was supposed to say like whatever, you know, this person or whatever. And I messed it up and I and I had to because I'm lazy when it comes to this kind of stuff. I'm like, I recorded. I don't want to go back and watch it. But then I was like, I think I just said the wrong thing, and I don't want to put it out because once you then you put it out, now right. it's on. So and then someone's gonna be like, you said, you know, right, right, Jeb Bush instead of George Bush. You're like, right. oh, that's a big, that's a big difference. Oh, they <laughs> love to find that. <laughs> yeah. They love to find that shit. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah, they love to find everything <laughs> like you're doing wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. No, I'll flub. Like I'll listen to it later. Like the the beginning where I did that joke about all the women I've dated. I now understand. You're right. I don't listen. I would get it completely backwards like this. Yeah. And I had a joke. I've I've I've, I've got this new joke I've been doing, which is about how when you're in a multi-racial uh, relationship, when you have kids, there's a negotiation on naming the kids because mm. you want someone name from your background. Right. She wants a name from. And then the example I use, I usually go. So for example, I say, let's say it's a Mexican guy married to a Swedish girl. They have a boy. The Mexican guy's like, I want to name him Jose. Yeah. The Swedish girl's like, I want to name him Ikea. <laughs> and then I go and they compromise Hoskia. Yeah. Well, I did it one time. It was funny. I didn't even realize until I watched the tape back later. And I go, the, the Mexican guy wants to name, name him Jose. And I go, and the Mexican woman wants to name him Ikea. I said Mexican woman. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I and then I go Hoskia, and then and then no laugh. And I was right. like, I was like, you bastard, that's a good joke. And I listened to it. I go, oh shit, I made them both Mexican. Right, right. What an idiot. Right. It was exactly but that. When you do it on stage, you see the the reaction of the people, and you go, oh, I I screwed up. Yeah. I back up in the podcast. I'm making mistakes. All like I just yeah. need somebody here to correct me. You need an editor or somebody. Somebody. That's yeah. it. get but, an intern, Orny. Yeah. Well, yeah. during the pandemic, I just started doing it. <laughs> On my own, yeah, 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 and it's just, uh, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just easier. Now, Maz Giovanni, just for people listening, we, we've been friends. I don't even remember how we met. 
a long time ago, probably at the Laugh Factory. I'm guessing yeah. it must have been because you you never did the store much, did you? No, I'm not. I'm not a store guy. You're not a store guy. It was interesting. So you and I probably met back when I think I first saw you in the the Seinfeld documentary. Mm -hmm. When did that come out? Ninety nine. Yeah, it, we shot it before nine eleven. Okay, before nine eleven. The nine eleven. And when did it come out? It came out two thousand and one. So after that, so and you were were you New York based at that point? Yes. No, I when it came out, I was living out here. Okay, so shortly after that, I probably ran into you at the factory, and we became. Was Mitch Mullaney still at the factory? Yes, that guy was hilarious. So fun! You can do it. Or yeah, was that, yeah. Uh, no, that, you can do it. Was was uh, wasn't that wasn't that Freddie? So no, Freddie no, Soto but, was it. Regardless, Mitch Mullaney was the run white boy run when yeah, he was calling up the black girl, and he's like, yeah. "Is a uh, uh, Jacquana, Jacqueline? Yeah. She goes, Jacqueline. <laughs> he's so funny. No, I remember you were like Jacquai, Jacquai. Yeah, Jackie was Jacquai. I, I. I I remember that a little bit, but I, I thought you can do it was actually um, Rob Schneider's Mexican guy. Yeah, but he did it as a punchline where you go to, to the valet. Doesn't matter how drunk uh, you are, uh, they give you your keys. <laughs> you're like you can do it. Uh, and like that. Of course, now you're doing a, a Latino or yeah, Latinx yeah. accent. You can't do you can't do any of this shit yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like we were talking today on the phone, how how my mind has changed. Back to the Future came up. Yeah. We're talking about Back to the Future. And I said to my friend, I said, guess what my favorite scene is. Yeah. And it, it's the scene where Merle Berry, you know, uh, Michael J. Fox is, is playing uh -huh. uh, Johnny B. Good. Uh -huh. And Merle Berry, or the opening guy, says, hey, Chuck, you got to hear this, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you couldn't do that anymore because now that would be... Cultural, cultural appropriate. Oh, oh, the, oh, the white guy he's, created. We're the, saying he stole oh, yeah, it from yeah, the yeah. white guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, even more so, you can't do like remember Soul Man. You can't do Soul Man. Well, that was blackface. That wasn't was blackface. It? Yeah, you can't do yeah. blackface. <laughs> even I knew that. Even I was like, this is something's wrong. Well, it's funny because I I live next to a Korean family a couple. They're older, and and last night as I was coming home, she was talking to me about they're doing some something at the house, and she was telling me like giving me a heads up as a neighbor, and she's got straight up like thick korean you know korean accent it reminded me of when alex borstein who's a friend of mine did i think it was called mrs chen on um uh, uh mad tv she had a character mm -hmm. who was this asian character who would tell like she was always witnessing crimes and then the cops would be like well what'd you see and she could see she with her accent she'd be like i tell you everything and they go so what was it and then she goes everything and she just she yeah. never tells me anything but the but the accent was very hardcore right so last night as i'm listening to my neighbor i'm like god if i if i were to tell the story of what she's saying to me like i feel like i should do the accent but right. you're absolutely right you can't you can't yeah you yeah. can't no. you can't do yeah. I, I do a joke that's pro people choosing whatever gender they want to be yeah okay but to get to that resolution is 30 of the longest seconds in yeah. my career because I go the other way yeah, yeah. and pull it, which is what comedy does. I'm taking you to the edge. Yeah. Now I'm grabbing you off the edge yeah. and we're all going to laugh. And I've stopped doing it because just to see the look in people's faces for that 30 seconds where yeah. they feel betrayed by me. Yeah. And then they, they still never fully recover. Yeah, it takes a courage. I, I see some guys, like I've seen Chappelle do it. I've seen a few others do it. Bill Burr sometimes. Takes a courage to kind of go that way where you know you're gonna like you're gonna be saying something that they're gonna be upset about for a minute, right? It because I've I've had things kind of like that before where I started going in a direction and I'm going, um, oh god, I think I'm losing them, right? And then I'm like, I hope I get them back on the punchline. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I have a whole thing about it's actually the January sixth thing. So so the joke I was doing was I was I was saying how I got a cold 
during the coronavirus. I said, you can't get a cold during the coronavirus because that's what it felt like being Muslim after September 11th. <laughs> like everybody thought you were guilty. Yeah. And then I would tag uh -huh. And I would like look at the black guy in the audience and go, that's what it feels like being black all the time. Right, black guy? Everyone thinks you're guilty. Right, right. And then I turn to the white guy and go, that's what it feels like being white after January 6th. That was your day, motherfucker. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a way to get there. And interestingly enough, when I did it, um, when I did it live, first of all, I would include the black guy when I did it live. And the black guy was laughing because right. he gets it. I'm saying mm -hmm. white people think you're guilty because yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the fucking, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then when I was putting it, I put it on my social media and I go, I can't put the, I don't want to put the black joke in because right. white people or someone's going to come and be like, oh, you're saying black people are guilty of something? I'm like, no, that's not the point of the joke. They're going to misinterpret it no matter what. Absolutely. So, Abs then, I, yeah. so then I go right to the white people on like, white, white people, you know what that, you know, the, and then, but, but again, sometimes some white people who are obviously not right leaning people mm -hmm. will be a little offended by, well, that wasn't us. That was the crazy capital riot MAGA guys right. which I get it that's yeah. the whole point of the joke yeah. but you're right it takes a minute to like look at their faces and go are they going to laugh with me they're not going to laugh with me I even, I've even had people that were, I think were pro like that's the, the worst is when you do a joke like that in front of like a pro MAGA guy yeah. who's sitting there looking at you like well that was right to attack the Capitol <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh my god like that happened in Raleigh North Carolina I don't know if I did that joke or what joke I did some joke this guy was a little drunk the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then when I started doing the Trump jokes, and the, I think it was this joke. I think I was doing the joke about the January 6th. This dude was like getting ready to pop out of his body. Like he was sitting front, front and center with his wife and he's mm -hmm. looking at me and he's turning red. His wife starts looking at me and her eyes were saying, please stop. Like this guy is losing it. Wow. And it was so uncomfortable because yeah. then the, uh, the rest of the audience saw him losing his mind. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, and then yeah. you sit there and you go, "Do I lean into this? Do I turn around and go?" Yeah. What's now wrong, you're making dude? a million calculations. <sighs> which, if you're watching a show, you don't understand what's going on. It, now the waitress is talking. Now you know. Yeah. It's your, your reels are so. What'd you end up doing? I just kind of got through it, and then I decided, you know what, I'm not gonna do any more Trump jokes anymore. That kind of helped me retire my Trump jokes. I, I was like, I was like, he's done time wise anyway, so let me just get rid of him. Yeah. Um, and you are political. Like I'm not. I'm apolitical. Yeah. I'm. I'm going to make fun of Sharpies yeah. and show how we're all the same, whereas you take a, a bigger stance, yeah. which is great. But what annoys me the most yeah. is when I go into some of these markets, I'm not going to say which ones, where they think I'm on their side because yeah. I'm 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 spoofing, I'm going after everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't, and, and I hate- Well, that's, when, the, that's the problem. The world we're living in now is the, so, so the people on the right have taken this, so- I kind of I had a I did uh, Adam Carolla's and we were having having a discussion on this maybe he was on my show whatever we were discussing he was talking about how a lot of people say cancer culture is coming from the left people on the left are so oversent overly sensitive mm -hmm. I said let's face it I go cancer culture originated on the right when it was all about like you can't say you know there's certain words you can't say on television because they are um, you know, uh, inappropriate for kids. It's, it's all like church going, right? It's like, you you know, don't say, I think you can't even say Jesus Christ or something. There's certain things you can't say. It's can't say, times. God damn it. God damn it. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. And then also as a comedian, I know I've been like, I've had people tell me um, during the Bush administration, don't make fun of our president during a time of war. It was all right, wow. the right talking. Rules, yeah. yeah. And even even then, and then, and then I would say when all these people talk about cancel culture, I say during the Trump, years when i would do trump jokes there was a lot of trump people who would get upset at me so what's happened is 
that um, uh, the the people on the right now have taken this thing of calling it cancel culture, and they go, God, the people on the left are they're such pussies, and they're so um, politically correct. By the way, you can't say that word. You can't either. say that word. So then, what they want is they love it when a wussy. Com- I think you can say wussy. Wussy. They love it when a comedian is making fun of anything that seems like politically incorrect. So if you were to go over and be like, "Really, they're changing Mr. Potato Head's whatever right. looks," or whatever, which is a comedian's observation, they will stamp right. that with a "You're on the right. You're you're definitely right. conservative." So like when I went to Florida during the pandemic, and I was doing. I, I still do it. Jokes about us taking temperatures, which yeah. I really just want to talk about how the thermometer doesn't touch us anymore. And they used to shove it up our ass. Yeah. It was glass and full of mercury or poison. Yeah. That's all I want to get. So I, the first night it felt so gross because they thought I was, this was a, a rally for anti-COVID measures. Yes. And so I got up there and I said, before I began, I'm not even, I haven't even, I've just hit the stage. I just want everyone to know I'm very pro-vaccine. Like you can, if someone wants to come up and give me a vaccine right now, my arm is available at all times for yeah. vaccine. Like I had to, yeah, sort of. And you it, have to let them know. I did a, I did a bit about Dr. Fauci, who I totally respect, and I, and I'm happy we had Dr. Fauci, yeah. and I'm happy. Where we had, did he go? Well, they've, I think they've realized. Like, let's just put him, let him, let is him. Is he out to pasture? He's just, I think is he he's a doctor. I think pasture? They, they probably just said, listen, you do your thing because the the country's kind of past it. And by the way, it's probably. I'm guessing politically, the left was like, "We gotta, we gotta do something," because it was, it was hurting the left more and more because he was a bearer of bad news, and it's, this, it's reality, but it's the this bearer of bad a news. Genius, he's a genius. So, but I, the joke I used to do was, I did a joke about, um, I said, you know, every time I think this thing is over, Doctor Fauci shows up, and then I start yeah, going like, even if you got one shot, try two shots, try three shots, try four match, try five match, try six yeah. feet, twelve feet, eighteen feet. So I have him go. I, I go on and on and on. Put that on Twitter. I mean, I'm sorry, on on, on TikTok. Yeah. One of my first uploads on TikTok. That thing got the most. It got like two or three million views. Not only that, every Karen on TikTok took the clip and started doing the mouthing of it. You know how they do the uh, yeah, mouthing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at everybody who's doing it. I go, oh my God, I think the right has looked at this and thought I'm anti-Dr. Fauci. Yeah. They hijacked my joke. Yeah, shit. It's, and I thought about for a minute, shit. I was like, I don't need to pile on Dr. Fauci. I thought about taking it off, but I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm making too so much money on it. No, 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 <laughs> I'm selling no, tickets. It's TikTok. It's probably, no, actually, I don't want to sell tickets. Yeah. That's by the way, that's the other thing is like, any, I, anytime, I sweep, but go ahead, anytime somebody comes to my show and they get upset about my left-leaning politics i'm like have you not watched any of my clips right do you know not know do you not know my background like why do you come to my show right of course you know like of are course. you are you out of your mind of course um, but well, no I, I kept it on it wasn't because i mean it, i kept it on because i was like i'm so low under the radar i don't think my clip is in dr fauci's uh view but then again who knows like i did a, in in the previous in my netflix special i did a whole joke about i, I had a conversation with this soccer dad who's who's a mexican guy um don't do the voice no i didn't do the voice uh the guy actually he's one of these mexican guys who speaks with like um it's almost like a uh antonio banderas kind of like mm, yeah, you know, yeah but the guy brought to my attention you know i think our politics were very similar he's but when hillary lost he goes i hope comedians don't only go after the right but they also make fun of the left in this case because the left really dropped the ball on this and I was like, you know what? You're right. And so it got in my head. And then and then the joke I was doing was I was doing this joke where I was like, it was like the night of the the night of the election, I was very sad. I was actually at a friend that was with a bunch of friends. Everybody was upset about Hillary losing. I go, and I was upset about her losing, but I was also even more upset because I donated a thousand dollars 
to her campaign. I go, I was watching the TV. I was like, this bitch just lost me a thousand dollars. So again, I was You're like, a horrible political investor. But, I mean, uh, yeah, gambler. Yeah. yeah. But but the point was, but I was like, oh my god, I called Hillary Clinton a bitch, and I was like, I was like, I felt bad because again, yeah. I supported her. I thought she was she deserved it and deserved to win. I should say. But then again, I was like, do I keep that on my Netflix special or not? In the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder if somehow this has gotten back to her. I don't know. Yeah. It's out in the world. It's so weird because I, I remember, I want to read you this tweet I did yeah. yesterday. It's out, like, there was a joke that um, I had, I pulled from a, the morning of, I, I was doing Conan, and I pulled the joke, not because it doesn't work, but you have to see my full hour to understand my personality. Yeah. So in a five minute clip, you could, not understand truly who I am. Yeah. And I don't have an established character like some of these people. But yeah. this is what I tweeted yesterday. After the, there was a another mass shooting, of course, yeah. at a school. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just Tragic. crazy. It's, it's beyond. I've never seen more newscasters holding back tears. And even I just, I'm like, no, it's this it's, country's pathetic. It's, it's horrible. It's so stupid. This bullshit that they say about like, my, you know, you take one gun, you get to take all my guns. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, well, listen who? to the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Tell me if you can find anything yeah, wrong yeah. with this. Yeah. We have the wrong shortage of stuff in America. More baby formula, less guns. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, here's the first response. Oh, God. Taking guns away from lawful American citizens will up. not get guns away from the criminals. Where in my effing tweet did I say that? Yeah. Did not it's, say... It's listen, the same trope. Yeah, Nobody... If you, I'm telling you, the liberals are not coming for your guns. If you they listen, should. No, if you go back... Not. If you go back to the history of it, the NRA really started doing a good job of, of campaigning. They they have a lot of stuff that, that are a lot of the comebacks. They go, uh, what stops a, 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 a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a right. gun, which is bullshit. I mean... But yes. that's what... That's what the, the head of the NRA said that the day after Sandy yeah, Hook. Yeah, So that's what I'm saying. So they've come up with these things that have convinced the gun owners that this is that that any sort of law is an infringement on my right and and the truth is we as citizens of this country have just as much right to demand regulation on certain things it's like me saying like look i want to drive around los angeles with this car of mine that didn't pass exhaust from 1972 i'm just going to go all right. around the neighborhoods just pollute every neighborhood right. and if you got if somebody's uh, you know an old people old people are just going to smell the smoke and die but it's my right because uh, you know I've got my driver's license, so I have a you yeah. know. So that's what the in. But public safety comes into play, right? Public yeah. safety, and now we see more and more and more. You know, the NRA has done such a good like they 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 wouldn't let the um I believe the CDC wanted to to look at gun deaths as a uh, uh as a thing, and and the Congress wouldn't allow them. Like they they won't allow. There's a lot of stuff that they seems really simple. Yeah assault rifle we had an assault rifle ban and there was less less kill, yeah, killings like yeah. this so i mean it just seems well two things one i just realized the story next week will be ready for this yeah gun sales through the roof yeah absolutely ammunition through the roof yeah. there's no question that yeah. people are stockpiling bullets and stuff like that yeah. because they're coming for it yeah um the uh, the other thing is and i don't know if this is true but i read uh, a piece michael moore talking said that when the founders did this right to bear arms, bullets didn't even exist. Wow. Right? So I guess you were doing the muskets. And oh, yeah, yeah. It took like two minutes to load it. Yeah, and then shoot. yeah of course. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was the joke I did early on because I grew up in a town called Lexington, Lexington, Massachusetts. Yeah. And that's where the Revolutionary War started. So yeah. we used to watch the reenactment and we'd sit there at six o'clock in the morning. They'd sit there, you know, blowing the, the, yeah, the, the yeah. gunpowder in there, yeah. packing it and shooting. So, yeah. you know, uh, listen, 
wherever you stand with guns, that's one thing yeah. and for hunting or protection. But yeah. these, you know, piercing semi-automatic assault rifles are unnecessary. Even if like you're a hunter, you you know, that's kind of a cop out to go out and shoot deer with a semi-automatic. I mean, like you, you should get your, you know, you want your hunting rifles, have it. If you need your defense for your home, have it. And I listen, I'm listening a lot to to countries that have had these massacres and what they've done. They just just yesterday the uh, president of uh, of New Zealand was on Colbert, and she was talking about how they had that horrible shooting at Christchurch yes. where the guy went in and shot 50 Muslims. And she said right away we implemented. She, she said we realized we had to do something. Right. That's the problem. I wonder if like you were to, if you were to take these 50 Republicans who are not voting for background checks right now. There's right. a you know I don't know if you saw the Steve Kerr rant. He had a he had a rant. Yeah, where, of course. Yeah. So even my even my parents saw that. Yeah. They go, what do you think of this coach? I go, yeah. it was great. Yeah. So yeah. the HR8, that's this law that was uh, a bill that was passed by Congress and it's been sitting in the Senate, which is background checks. I wonder if you took the 50 senators and individually just said to them, NRA will never know what you say. Oh, of course. Yeah. Would you would you uh, support background checks? And if 50 out of them, I'm sure I'm sure maybe 10 of them are nutty uh, enough. that were like, no, God damn it. You know, no, because remember, yeah. and I don't want to get political. We'll get off of this in a second. But, yeah. you know, even when they're they're going over these recordings for January 6th, how yeah. many of them were bad mouthing, yeah. you know, the former president? True. I'm not even saying his name. Let's yeah. talk about uh <laughs> no, listen, listen. It's, yeah, it, I, I hear you, and I and I yeah. hear your hesitancy to want to. No, do that. I don't care but, because but I the just want to. Yeah. The truth is, you're right, and and the 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 truth is in terms of let's go back to the social media aspect of it. How things get taken out of context, mm -hmm. right? And all you need to do is one little thing. I lost a job. I I got hired to do this job for. Uh, uh, um, uh, what was it? City, city? No, don't say JP. it. Don't get, don't get yourself in further trouble. Whatever. Don't forget, and they'll hire you. Yeah, back. yeah. Whatever it was, and and I'd re, I'd, I'd retweeted a congresswoman going after their CEO. I didn't say it was good. I didn't say it was bad. Yeah. But somebody went and looked it up and was like, "Oh, he retweeted this," so they were yeah. like, they, "Oh, we can't use you." And I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, I mean, all the yeah, yeah, it's you, nuts. That's why you just I don't jump in. Like even yeah. for me to do that tweet yesterday, and for somebody yeah. to find something wrong with me saying there's too many guns after kids are kids. Yeah. Kids, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's, crazy. it's absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, like, if I weren't a comedian and had to sell tickets, I don't know if I'd be on social media. I wouldn't at all. But then again, I will say I do find a little bit of a uh, a rush when I either tweet or retweet something. So there is times, that, especially late night, when I'm a little like three glasses into my wine. Oh, I'm, like, I'm tuning in then. I'm going because <laughs> and then the next day I wake up and I go, "What did I say?" Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah. Look at this. When if you go to Maz Gibrani's Wikipedia and and Maz, I can. I can honestly say is a very funny comedian. Well, I appreciate you, brother. And your charisma and your whole, everything you do up there, I just, I really uh, enjoy. We've worked together so many times at the Montreal Comedy Festival. Yeah. They put us on something called an ethnic show. Yeah. And uh, I'm the Jew and you're the what? The Iranian or Muslim or Middle East or Persian, whatever. The brown yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, brown guy. <laughs> brown guy. I'm the uh, Jew, which- That's actually one, of, but by the, by, by the way, I think it's one of the stronger shows because they get a lot of strong comics on that. In the past, you've been on it, Sebastian- Alonzo Bowden. Uh, I think we're um, all on the same show together. Actually. Yeah, we've all been on that. Angela Sarukis. Yeah. Uh, all of us have been. It, there's, a, there's always a Melissa Villasenor was on and, that show. And they keep us for three weeks in the same theater every single night. And your kids are running around in the in the middle of the show. Your kids would just run down the central center yeah. aisle. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on, these kids can't hear this joke. Yeah, clear the clear the <laughs> yeah. way. But your yeah. kids just took over the green room. Yeah. It was so adorable. Yeah. And Frank but, Spadone. 
Yeah, who else? Yeah. Did, I mean, it was it was such a strong Mike Marino. They've always had like an Italian. There's always, yes. uh, you know, the one year I did it was uh, Modi was the Jew. Yeah, my name is Modi. I talk yeah. slowly. I like to do my Modi impression. Wasn't it, the, wasn't it the relationship show at one point? Then it transitioned. I don't into... know. I don't know. I think that might, that was a second thing. But but I, you and I, I think, came to the conclusion one year where we're like, wait a minute, exactly what you just said. They get us here three weeks early. Then when everybody else arrives, they send us home. They send I'm us like, home. We're like, not there for the yeah. deals. I'm like, I'm not here making any deals. Yeah. Like, so who's who's been watching me the whole time? Oh, local Montrealians or whatever. Right. Which is fine, but no, I'm, it up, isn't. I'm up here to make a deal. Yeah, no. <laughs> Screw you, local yeah. um, uh, Quebecois. Yeah. Quebec I mean, the audiences are amazing. But yeah, yeah, and then by the time the festival starts, they've taken over the hotel. We yeah. can't get into the restaurants that we've been eating at every yeah. day. Hilarious. And... and they basically look at us like we're the the working class yeah. pieces of shit. Godfrey, Godfrey was another Godfrey. one. Godfrey, Every, was we were like we were like we we're like we are the soldiers. Like we're like the Navy SEALs. Tom Papa, Tom Papa. Every year, we've cleared, we've yeah. cleared the the, yeah. the city. <laughs> yeah. Come on in, it's yeah. all ready to go for you. We've you. tasted all the food for all you people coming <laughs> up here. Sons of bitches. Yeah, we're the food tasters. Yeah. There's no poison. Please come up and make deals. <laughs> you know. Oh God, every that's year. the longest. Right. And everybody gets along the first week, and then by yeah. the end. Everybody's in the green room with headphones. Yeah, yeah, Nobody's yeah, yeah. talking. Like, all right. They're showing up two seconds. Well, because you realize, for, weren't we doing two shows a night? I think there were yes. some nights we were doing two. You realize it's like it's like a it's like and a they'd move you across the street to the bigger theater. Yeah, it was it was like a mini Broadway run because you get into the first week. Montreal's yeah. a beautiful city, yeah. great food. So the first week you're like, we're having food here. Da, 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 we should all do it together. Let's go eat. Yeah, and you're right by by uh, um by <laughs> by the second week you're like. I'm sleeping it. Let me know when my set I'm is. I'm going to the gym. I'll be there. <laughs> I'm going to jeans, jeans, oh jeans. Jeans, jeans, jeans. Oh, my God. The best place in the world. That, And the other thing is they have you before the rest of the festival, the festival they care about, you know, the people that yeah. Kevin Hart's going to be yes. at the, you know, at yeah. the, the arena the or whatever. Arena, yeah, yeah, we yeah. got this this guy. Theater. Rock. Yeah. yeah. Before those, they put us in a bigger venue across the street. Yeah. And then once everybody comes to town, they put us in Club Soda. Yeah, yeah, Club Soda. And they so put the funny. nasty show over yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, I, Nasty show actually is funny. They were, Gina Brion was on with us one year. Oh, she was, on, but she Mateo was on with us. With yes, us, yeah. yeah the last and one Mateo, there. Mateo uh, Leon, I think uh, he was great. But um, the na so we come in three weeks in advance. Nasty show comes in two weeks in advance, which is funny because I see like you, you see all the ethnic folks show yeah. up, and then you see all the like raunchy folks. Like you look over, yeah. you're like. Oh, okay. Patrice O'Neill is like, yeah. I remember when he would come. Was, oh, there. Yeah. Oh, it's nasty time. You and know? by the way, this is how you know it's absolutely dead at the festival. Yeah. Like Bruce Hills, who founded it, he's down there at the show every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Like all the, you feel really important. Yeah, and yeah. then the festival starts. Yeah. They don't even say hi to you. They <laughs> won't done. even shake you. Like, hey, yeah. Bruce. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, yeah. who's, I don't know. What is an show guy? I don't know him. <laughs> they, you know, you feel so yeah. respected Hilarious. and love. You're calling your agent. I'm like, this is our year. We're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's really, yeah. But it's still a good time. Time. it's great it's a great time and uh and i'm happy it's back this year it's back yeah i've been have you been invited up yet i was but i can't make it i think they wanted me to host the nasty <laughs> show. i was like you know at some i mean i'm sorry the, 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 the ethnic no the ethnic show i mean i was like i was like you know at some point i think i gotta move on from hosting the ethnic show i was like they I gotta, haven't asked me i yeah. i my career's over that's yeah, yeah. official reach out they'll they'll put you on yeah so <laughs> on your wikipedia you have a, a section i've never even heard of before it says stand-up style Oh, wow. Okay. What's my style? Joe Brawny's jokes focus on race and the misunderstanding of Middle Easterners in America. He okay. also talks about his family. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't mean, have that. Well, no, it's funny because whenever people like, in, in all honesty, like I hear people say, you're observational or you're, yeah. 
storyteller. I'm like, I, you know, we all, we all are observational and yeah. storytellers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. there's, there's some people who are clearly like joke writers, right? Jesselnik is clearly, mm -hmm. it's a joke. It's gonna have a, uh, it's gonna have a, a left turn at the end. That's clear. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of us, I, I don't know, I don't understand the whole, like, I mean, yes, I talk a lot about my ethnicity. I talk a lot about, I always say, like, like when I would do, like, my bio, you don't have to send in your yes. bio. I would, say, I would say, in his comedy, he takes on social issues, political issues, and his family, or, and his kids. Yeah. I was like, boom. So you're going to get some politics and some kids stuff. I don't, I would just say I'm funny. That's my style. Yeah, you're funny, but like, so you could say like, you know, you do your. It starts out observational, but you have long bits. It's not like, you know, you notice why the the pen is this and not that. It's punchline. It's, no, you tell stories, but they're all about me. Yeah, of course, it's secretly it, it, subversive. Like I'm actually disseminating information about how I feel inside. It's your point you of view. Be, yeah, so this is what I've said. Like I had a guy, a friend of mine, um, who's a writer, who we were gonna try and do a show with. And I told him, I said, I, I really like, I appreciate it when somebody calls me up and goes, hey, we got this part. And I, and because that's great. But yeah. the next thought in my mind is like, oh, okay, he's a Middle Eastern guy. And because yeah. you're offering me a part, usually it's that. Now, yeah. sometimes I have friends who go, no, I want you to play this other thing. Fantastic. But I said, I, I would hope that if somebody were to write a part for me, they would watch my stand up and get that energy. Like I have a high energy, yeah. right? And as you, like, you've yeah. got a, You've got like a neurotic point of view about every little thing. If they got, if they got to get your 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 aura mm -hmm. to then write for you, you right. know what I'm saying? And right. it's and and they get that aura by watching your take on. Well, that's how we came up. They were like the guy, they would watch Drew Barry and create a show or Seinfeld, yeah. Roseanne, yeah. Norm. Like yeah. it, it was around, but they don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I I think I think part of it is if you like, I think we're in this world now. And I don't know how how you feel. Like also our ages, you know. It's it's like it's it's this world where it's like there, yes, there's a lot more shows, but it's a lot more competitive. I have a lot of actor friends who were working night and day, and all of a sudden it's dried up because right. you go out for a part and they go, oh, um, we've got 50 guys reading, including these names that are stars. You're like, oh god, you know. I just oh. I just auditioned for a part, and I, I thought I was good for it. It was a bald, bald uh, Middle Eastern guy. And then they, I sent it in, and they said uh, they're offering it to Hank Azaria. I go, really? I go, right. like, how am I going to beat Hank yeah, Azaria? Yeah, yeah. So at least you don't feel bad. At least I don't feel that, bad. Yeah. But the point I'm making is that we are at this point where I think the more and more and more, like if you can, if you have an idea or a show or a short or whatever, you got to just do it and put it out there. And, yes. and show them. You have to shoot your own specials. Where was your next last special, Netflix? My last special was, uh, ended up being on uh, Peacock TV, which, by the way, I shot myself in Dubai, and then I got with another production company to sell it. And Peacock TV, unfortunately, people don't know there's specials on there. So it was yeah. one of those things where I'd, be, I'd tell people, watch my special on Peacock TV. They go, what? I go. That's the streamer for NBC. They're like NBC's got a streamer, right? Like, yeah, it does. And I then I really, I was telling my, I was telling because by the way, the world we're living in now, because my agents were like, you know, I'm ready to shoot my next special, and mm -hmm. they go, well, let's see who's who the buyers are. I go, guys, let me tell you something. I go, I've never had anybody come up to me and be like, I saw your special on Peacock. I go, there's two places that we should end up on. It's either Netflix because no matter what it is, people's minds still mm -hmm. think specials are Netflix. Yeah. Or it's YouTube. Yeah. People have come up to me and been like, I saw your clips on YouTube. But here's my problem, because uh, my agent just left the agency and he started a management company, uh -huh. and that's what he wants me to do, is shoot my own special 
and put it up on YouTube. Yeah. The problem is I have no traction on YouTube. Right. So on everything else, Instagram, Twitter, even now uh, TikTok, yeah. hundreds of thousands. Some of my videos get millions of views. Right. I put something up on YouTube, nothing. Well, you can do so. That's so. So I think I think the approach is a multifaceted approach. You do like you know you do maybe day of like oh hey fans you you push it push it push it. I'm gonna do a, a release and watch a watch party. Now let's say even like fifty people tune in. Whatever you're texting, you're tweeting, you're there. <laughs> then you take it. Then you get somebody to cut those into. Yeah. So you get the hour hour and a half whatever. I'm sorry, the hour special. Then you cut it into like three minute clips and yeah. start posting those again on YouTube. Now they're starting to gain their own traction. Then you take those and you cut them into shorter clips to put them on Instagram, Twitter. The, the beauty of content is it's got life in a, in a lot of places. And the and what you got to realize, we all think that everyone who follows us is following us everywhere. They're not. But, so, but who told you this? Because this is exactly what he told me. Like, it's just the new this, I just I know it. I just know that's the case. So I'll post something like, it's funny. I have a guy now that's helping me with my Instagram. There's been times I've posted something on TikTok and it's gotten traction. And I go, let's post the same thing on Instagram. And it gets okay traction right. and vice versa. Yeah. But I know that there's all these algorithms and it's just a matter of like, you know, we just got to keep throwing shit against the but wall. I'm so sick of algorithms. Like if I look out in the audience, I just see a visceral reaction in people's faces. That's Why beautiful. doesn't so, that translate? No, no. So what you So listen, here's the thing. This is, this is, the, this is the ultimate thing. We are ultimately, we are Coca-Cola. We are a brand. If you had, I'm RC Soda. You're RC Soda. If you had twenty, if you had twenty million dollars to promote yourself, I'd be. How big would I be? You'd say great. You go okay. I'm gonna take billboards out in the biggest markets. Uh, I'm gonna make sure all of my videos get in front of millions of people. Yeah, and that would just you know create a a a a swell and and it would just go. Right. But you don't have that. So what do we got to do? What we got to do is we've got to take the content that we have is and put it out there because ultimately we're trying to make new fans. Great example, my buddy Nimesh Patel. I don't know if you know Nimesh or not. Very funny guy, uh, New York sure, I'll guy. Be opening for him someday. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you and me both, because Nimesh opened for me uh, on a few dates. He uh, wrote for when Chris Rock was uh, was writing on uh, what did the Oscars. He was kind of one of the guys helping him write. He wrote for Che on Michael Che for uh, Weekend Update for a minute. But really good writer, very funny guy. Always, he's this Indian guy, but he sounds like like an old black dude he's kind of got this deep voice and he's got his his de- delivery always strong comic and i always was like god the world should know nimesh patel and it wasn't until i ran into him um last fall i was doing care no last june i was doing carolines and he's like yeah man i'm on tour because I, I started seeing clips of his it's like i'm on tour it's going well i go what, what's going on he goes i started posting on tiktok he goes i took all my crowd work not my material my crowd work and i would post it on tiktok like three times a day and it created a tour in the way where people discovered him, they saw he was funny, and then he'd be like, I'm coming in on an off night to do a club. Yeah. And he would sell that night out, and then the club would give him the weekend. I've done all this stuff. None of it works. But no, but all of it to say, like, you've got, if you go back, like, if you go back to your older specials, there's stuff that you think people have seen they haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I have stuff on YouTube from, like, I've been doing specials since 2007. So I have stuff that I think everyone's seen, but then I'll put it out. On Instagram, and there's new fans but that'll if, see it. If I take TikTok, TikTok to me is like the the new frontier. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Now, of course, okay? yeah. And if I take a video and and I just go like this and I say something like I'm gonna like I was in my hotel room and on the microwave it said property of Luna Hotel. Yeah. And I thought, who's this for? 
Because yeah. if you want to steal the microwave, you're just going to peel the sticker off yeah. and steal the microwave. So yeah. there must be people having this conversation. Honey, did we come with the microwave or was it here yeah, when yeah, we yeah. got yeah, here? Yeah, okay. I can't remember. It's the same mic. Okay. I'll do that. Millions of views. Okay. I put up a clip of my stand-up and it gets 20,000. So here we go. So now this is the other thing. I think, I think first of all, again, it goes to this algorithm thing. And it goes also to your audience and what they've been trained on. There's another comedian I know who's doing a great job of short videos, like you just said, which are all like man on the street type videos. Mm -hmm. And he was saying the same thing. He goes, I'm getting millions upon millions of views on my videos. And then I try to upload my stand-up so that I can get these people to come yeah. to my stand-up show. And I'm getting very few hits. So I think it's just like keep throwing shit against the wall tired of it. until they discover it, you know, or Can't hire somebody retire. to do it. I'm just going to retire. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I really, seriously, did you think, this is not an insult. Yeah. This is a, a, a question I'm directing yeah. myself when I'm asking you. Yeah. Did you think at this point in your career, yeah. you'd be talking about being at Caroline's and not to diminish yeah. or shit on, but... What was the fantasy? It wasn't this. Well, you know, I think the fantasy Again, evolved. I think no, I think I think at the beginning we all have this image of like some big thing happening. Like you know, for for all intents and purposes, the biggest thing is like an Academy Award, right? Mm -hmm. Or playing. I don't know. Uh, I just heard Gabriel Iglesias just did Dodger Stadium. Imagine playing a stadium, right? In your yeah, mind, yeah. Your mind, you're like, oh, one day, right? Mm -hmm. But then you go, and then what about the next day, right? The next day is like, oh, I'm getting my coffee again, and I'm going like, well, what's next, mm -hmm. right? So similarly, I'm I'm leaning more and more into this idea. Like if I could, you know, again, having a wife and kids, like if I could um, uh, basically have, first of all, it's like if I could be on a show that I really liked, like I really, I, I love the writers. I love the stories mm -hmm. we're telling, you know, really be engaged and not yeah. feel like, oh, I'm going to walk in the door, tell a funny joke and walk out. I right. really want to be a part of a story. I would love that. And then if I could also then... On the weekends, hit the local clubs. But and that's what you're thinking now. Yeah. What did you think 20 no, years I ago? Think, again, I think back then I thought like, oh, maybe I'll get my own TV show. Maybe yeah. I will. I, I, I never thought along the, you know, they say like Jim Carrey had like a check for 10 million in his pocket or something. Yeah, yeah. I never had that. Like, I, I you know, I, re I remember talking to Freddie Soto early on and he talked about how he had the, his, his uh, he had a goals list yeah. written out on his, in his wallet. Um, so I had one, and and on the goals list was like become a regular at the Laugh Factory, become a regular at the Comedy Store, become a regular at the Improv, get on the Tonight Show. Yeah, all those things happened, and then sometimes it takes me reflecting and going like, oh wait, I have done some pretty cool things. It happens a lot of times when I'm doing like a podcast or like I'm doing a show, and they go, he's performed here and yeah. he's done that. I go, I've done some shit. But this is why this got me thinking. I did a show last night at. A restaurant called Yamashiro. Yeah, of course. I know Yamashiro. And it's uh, it's a room about the size of this trailer that yeah, we're in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if I would give myself a score, I'm yeah. giving it a 9 out of 10. And I'm yeah. honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a show the other night that people thought was crushing, and I gave myself a, a BB plus, okay? Mm -hmm. I, I got up there, and I did first 10 minutes all new material and just connected. Yeah. And then seamlessly went into the old stuff. And I said that the, the owner comes, hey, come on, takes me to the bar, gets me a mezcal. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going, Beautiful. I'm the, I woke up, I'm on top of the world. And then I thought, this is really pathetic. That, that this is this is bringing me joy that I'm in a side room. And let this me, is where I started yeah, was playing the yeah. Akua Koo in Worcester, yeah. Massachusetts. No, no. And, let me, mean, let, me, let me rewrite that for you because I've had, I've had a few of those recently. And I think the fun that we have in doing these things, this past year... Um, 
the I don't know if you know Judy Cinciato. Judy was a comedy store uh, comedian. I hadn't seen her in a long time. And of course, coming out of the pandemic, we were all like looking to gig yeah. wherever we could. So during the pandemic, I did I did um they had Jam in the Van, which was outdoors. Yeah. They had uh, um uh Whitley. They had the Whitley that which that uh, Supernova, a lot of outdoor stuff. Yes. Zoom, I did Zoom, I did everything. I saw an outdoor place the other day doing comedy. I'm like, that's so sad. That's yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, but, but 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 Judy goes, hey, I got this. She goes, I've got this theater, and she goes, Kevin Nealon's done it. These people. Can you come and do it? And she gave me the address, and it was it was kind of near near my home, and I'd, I'd driven past it before. I was like, I never I never knew there was a theater here. Yeah. And as I'm approaching it, I'm like, huh, that's I know there's a grocery store on one side. Maybe there's a theater on this side. And I go, wow, if there's a theater near my house, maybe I can shoot my next special there. I can mm -hmm. walk to the theater as part of the special. I got there and I saw she'd set up inside a strip mall on a parking lot. She was mm -hmm. in the parking lot of the strip mall with chairs, fold out chairs doing the show and i and i couldn't help but sit there and laugh about it i went right away i went to instagram live yeah i go hey folks uh Mazzurbani here from uh netflix uh, you <laughs> see me on netflix i go i did i did the kennedy center yeah, uh, i've yeah. been to the white house yeah. i go i'm about to do stand up in a parking lot yeah that whole thing was so much fun because as you said i leaned into it and i had fun with the idea that this is what's happening and then again judy then had another gig at a restaurant she wanted me to do and i was like ah but I ended up doing it, and I had so much fun with it right. because what, number one is our chops now, 20-something years in, are so good where you just said, you can go on stage and do 10 minutes about the situation. Yeah. that And they are dying. Well, I, I What I did was the comic who was on before me was yelling and making the mic go, <laughs> all the speakers were, and it was just nonsense, you know, and yeah. I got up there, and it was Gary Cannon, and yeah. I got... yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I got up there and I sat back and the mic was so far away. And I sort of just reset the room and I looked yeah. around. I said, "I'm on disability." Yeah. You saw me limp up here, and I got him, and I got him. So for me to to know my craft at that level, yeah, is. But I'm at a, 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 a Japanese restaurant. But that's the fun of it. The fun of it is, it's like it's the fun if you're at the Dodger Stadium. No, no, and no, I don't no. Want to do Dodgers, you know, because no, because you know you're gonna listen. You can... know you're going to. I had I I I leaned into a lot of that stuff over the because Netflix is a joke had their comedy festival. Yeah. And they gave me the two two shows at the Laugh Factory, yeah. and it was funny to me because I was like, I don't think there's any Netflix executives here. Right. I think they just put a they just put a metal uh, detector. At the yeah, front they, door. they put some they put some security and a yeah. metal detector and like a little and a couple of flyers and that's it. Yeah. So then I was at the improv and and they booked me the improv had booked me to do it and the, and they said it's Netflix is a joke presents you know improv yeah. and they had the thing again and I forget what happened but I just start I just had to I go I go guys I've been at this Netflix festival for a week I go I haven't seen one executive I go I think I said I asked where's the executive they go they're home watching Netflix trying, <laughs> trying to get the stock to yeah, get Yeah trying to watch it yeah they're watching they're the trying stock. to get the stock That's to go right. again Yeah so it became like me making fun of the situation similarly when I ended up doing Judy's second show at a restaurant, I started. I told them, I go, guys, Judy had me do a parking lot yeah. uh, six months ago. I go, now I'm at a restaurant. I go, this is a step up. This is. I go, I'm, I'm, I'm making. I, I, <laughs> did you ever do those drive-ins? Yes, they I asked did. me to do oh, it. Yeah. It's a Bray or Irvine. They yeah. they actually made me a, a great door deal or yeah. car deal. I don't yeah, know what it is. Car deal. So I go. So I said to Dan, the GM, yeah. who's a buddy of mine, yeah, go, great. send me a video. I just want to see what it looks like. Yeah. The comic and pull back. So. He pulls back, 
the first car in the front row is facing the wrong way. Yeah, that's I hilarious. go, Dan, I'm not doing yeah. this. Well, I car, did, the car can't even face the I stage. Did, I did. I did three. Let me tell you a couple of things about the pandemic. First of all, yeah. I did. I did Zoom shows. I realized I love Zoom shows, and really? I, and if I got paid to do Zoom shows, because first of all. You would do it out of this place, yeah. your 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 little trailer here. A, a little trailer, Sorry, excuse big trailer. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a yeah, big ass yeah, chassis, yeah. big yellow <laughs> yeah. trailer. Yeah. Um, and then you go back to your home. You walk into the house and you you, you watch your Netflix, whatever yeah. you watch your uh, you know Succession. Um, but but the best part of Zoom shows were I you didn't have to do any material. You do like two minutes of material and then. You know, when we do, if you if you talk to the crowd in your comedy show, you see the guy in the front row, you see his face. Nobody else sees his face because his yeah. back is to everybody. On a Zoom show, everybody sees who you're talking to, so it became like I got hired to do corporate events, and wow. I was always I was always a little nervous. Yeah. And then I would start, and two minutes in, I'd be like, "Wait a minute, who of you guys? Who's the CEO?" And I'd be like, "Chuck," and I'd be like, "Bring up Chuck," and I would start talking, "Chuck, you know, this is all you could afford, blah blah blah." Yeah. And it became they were dying. They loved it. So yeah. number one, I became like a roaster. It was fantastic. Yeah. The 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 drive-in shows. So the first time I did it, I didn't I didn't understand. It was it was in the middle of um uh, the summer in uh, I guess it was 2020 or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't gigged outdoors. Yeah. Irvine Improv, hot as hell. Cars show up, and I was like, gosh, uh, I don't know if this 45 minutes that I've been doing on Zoom is going to work out. On, yeah. You know, without a real audience, but people in their cars. They were actually pulled like some of them in the front. Had like sat out on the trunks and stuff. Oh, but, well, that's cool. But, but 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 it was again. It was like I I think I was supposed to do forty five, and I looked at the clock, and I thought I'd done forty five. I'd done thirty because you're not hearing the laughs, right? No, they told me that they they put their windshield wipers on. I'm yeah, like, no, thank so you. So the second Flash time, lights, so I realized no, what it was. You. Second time, I realized you come up with like an energy, and you train the audience, and you tell them, guys, you know, we're having, a, you know, because you're you're following the openers and stuff. Guys, let's have a good time. I'm gonna tell a joke. If you like the joke, honk your horns. Yeah. And that became the thing. So they would honk their horns, and that would and that was great because then I was having fun with it. Like, and if they wouldn't honk, I was like, really, no honking? Like, come on, that was like, a- you know what? I'm realizing I, I must have an attitude problem because I don't want to do this. I don't want to like. I don't want to chop stuff up for Instagram. Put it, I put it yeah. all in the same, and it's like if God says this guy's funny enough. Well, you don't have to do it. Can't I mean, can't I it's, just be funny on stage? Yes, you can. But then the question becomes like, it's like you know, if I'm screaming in the in the woods, is anyone going to hear it? How important is it in this business to be funny? You got to be funny, but you got to also be heard. You know, we all know. I always tell people, I go, there are a ton of hilarious people who have not found their following. You and I know there's a lot of funny people who come on the shows at the club. Who are killer, but they can't sell tickets on the road. Why? Because people just they just their their, their audience haven't dis- hasn't but discovered them. Always enjoyed the marketing self do it yourself. You did a movie. Yeah, you, you got to do yourself. it. Yeah, and that I, sort of broke you through, didn't it? Dude, I can't wait. No, it wasn't that movie that broke? I've had little things that broke me through, but I can't wait again. I, you know, I wait for Hollywood. Hank Azaria is going to get all my parts. Yeah, you know, or I wait for Hollywood. Like Hollywood's going to think that I'm not big enough to put me. You know. Hey, Corden's leaving. How about considering me as a as one of the hosts? Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, but maybe some, you know, in the Persian community, there might be like a Persian station that goes, We want you to be our host. And I'm like, well, I don't want that either. So what do I I gotta create my own talk show in the Western market and go, look, I can do it. I you know. So Do you think we're all delusional? We all feel like we deserve more than we have. We all think we deserve the special. We all deserve the big audience. I don't think it's about deserve or delusional. I think it's this is the this is the field we've chosen, and you better you better create and put it out there. And it's not delusion. It's not like it's not me saying going like, "Hey, why hasn't uh, um, you know the head of whatever 
such and so what how, why isn't the head of CBS called me to give me a, a show it's not that it's more like I've got it I can host the show so you know I try to be I try to be as real as I can if I call my agent and go hey I know Corden's stepping down they're gonna be looking for a new host I don't tell them call CBS and get me the job I go if they're looking right can we put a package together and just try and have yeah. them consider me? Can yeah. I swing the bat? That's all I'm saying because I I'm not delusional. I know that there's um, uh, you know 2000 hot comics right now or or people that they would rather put wherever. And I'm not delusional about it, but I do know and you know if we show up at a night of continuous comedy at any of the clubs, we follow the biggest names in the business and we kill and have a great set. So I when I see that I go I, I don't think I'm delusional if I'm following like whoever it is and 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 getting laughs. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm delusional. Would Maz Jabrani be content if it went no further? Like I don't I don't think I'd be content. I think that I need to first of all I have a family to but feed. But you do well. Why can't I do well? Why, you and I make a very good living. Yes. So why the next, can't we be happy? So the next step is like I'll tell you like for example I have a couple of markets like DC is one of my strongest markets. Mm-hmm. Toronto is a strong market. A lot of reasons these are strong markets. Number one, there's a lot of Persians. Then there's a lot of international, very cosmopolitan. I do very yeah. well in cosmopolitan places where they're like socially, politically minded. Right. I'm, I do some shows on NPR. I do, uh, you know, I'm known from that. I'm known from, you know, just whatever. The, no, give things. us everything. And tell, for, the, the, tell us right now. There's, where we there's a show it. called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR. I know, I'm one I of the panelists. And then, you know, there's, you know, they can find me everywhere at, at Maz Jobrani. But the point is, I kind of know where my fans are. So I sit there sometimes, I'll tell my agent, I go, God, if we could get, if we could get 30, if we can do, I do like Kennedy Center has been good to me. They've had me come a few times. and Doing what? Doing those Doing honors? the theater. No, I've done oh. the theater at the Kennedy, which the, is like. The adjacent one or the big one? The big, I did 2,300 on, seats. Really? That's, my, that's my biggest market. And wow. this time out, we did the 2,300 seat plus a 500 seat. So we did 2,800 oh, seats. So for me, that's a market where I go, God, if I could get 30... I put Kennedy Center in my GPS, it doesn't even come up. <laughs> well, you gotta, you're going the wrong way. Yeah. Um, no, but that's if you say to me, well, what, what would be the next thing? I'd say, I would like to be known. It's the tipping point, right? I don't need to, I don't need to be doing 10,000 seaters. I would love to if, if, if they could make it intimate mm-hmm. and make it fun. Sure, I'll do it. But, but if I could do 2,000 seaters all over the country... Sure. And do like, oh, you're going to be going, you're going to be doing, you know, whatever, uh, Jersey on a Friday, 2,000 seats. Yeah. And then you go do New York on a Friday. Two- I'm cool with that because at that point you go, listen, I think that we are, we comedians are kind of like cult leaders in a way because our fans love us for the most part. Yeah. And so they will come find you. They'll see you. They want new material. They want to buy your merchandise. So if my fan base can just grow a little bit more, and by the way, then the, the next step is if you sit there and say, like, let's take a guy like Gabriel again, who's doing really well. Gabe's numbers got so good, then the, the networks couldn't ignore him. Because right. let's face it, the industry as a whole, comedians are probably on the lower totem pole of the you know, celebrities, right? There's actors out there who probably couldn't sell a ticket and a live appearance, right? Their fan base isn't as... Right. But the but the studio decides this person's got the right look, so we're going to put a lot of money behind them and make them a star. 
similarly, there's a comedian out there who's doing like a guy like Brian Regan who's going around the country killing it and bringing in four or five thousand. And most people don't know who that is, and he's and, hysterical. One and, of the best. And, and that no, and the network hasn't been like we should just put him on because he's got a built-in audience. They have, they, they don't think, I think they like tried. that. I think I don't know how they think. Whatever. So the point is, like a guy like Gabriel made it undeniable. So it would be great. Like let's let's say you did have fifty markets where you sold two thousand tickets in each market. That's a hundred thousand tickets. Yeah. They can extrapolate from there and yeah. go. Okay, well this guy's clearly got yeah. a following. So yeah, those are the kinds of things that I would like to create if you ask me, you yeah. know, would I be content just sitting the way I am right now and going like just keep touring the same tour? No, because also by the way, I also want to keep writing, I want to keep creating, I want to keep telling stories. Um there's a lot of stories I want to tell. I would love to work with great filmmakers and writers. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, how exciting is it when you're I don't but know, do you, you worry about age? Like that creeps in too. That like, does, but then, but then I, but yeah, but then I sit there and I look at guys. Again, I have actor friends who kind of comfortably fit into that, and then we have comedian friends who did a pretty good job. You look at a guy like Sinbad who continues to tour and has his following. They show up. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Nealon, like these guys are a little bit older than us. It is us. amazing we have an audience because we know comics that have been canceled by mainstream or on media and they're selling out theaters right now. Yeah. So it is amazing. Yeah. The podcast is called What's Wrong with Orny Adams? I'm Orny Adams. My guest is Maz Jabrani. You can go to What's Wrong. Uh, this is my email. What's Wrong at OrnyAdams.com. I'm not reading. I had so much to talk about with you. We just but I'm gonna, riff like, like one of our breakfasts in Montreal. It's like, uh, except you complain more in person. I this wish, is the, this is I the wish you were more this negative. Is, this is the podcast before the 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 A-listers come in and they no, do their podcast. You no, know, no. Uh, you can go to teamwhatsrong.com. This is on Patreon. It's on YouTube later. Maz Jobrani is at uh, what? It's at Maz Jobrani across the board. But what about, don't you Instagram, have a website? Instagram's the best place to go. I do TikTok, I do Twitter, I do it all. And, and then uh, my website's mazjobrani.com. That's where I'm going. Um, depending on when this thing comes out. When is it tonight. coming Tonight. Tonight. So I'll be- The audio's out tonight, and I've then got it goes a, on Patreon. I've got a show in Bellflower, which I don't know where the hell oh, that is. Oh, is that the one that Rich is The booking? stand-up club. Yeah, he asked me to do it. I said, I'll try it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Bellflower. All right. Go I went to like, Comedy Magic last weekend. Oh, did it you? just reopened. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. All right. So uh, so Bellflower, and then I've got, <laughs> I got, I got it. Florida. What'd you get? What happened? Yeah. No, I can't tell the story. Why not? What happened? I'll get in trouble. Does is Mike still? Does Mike still? I own tried it? to refuse the paycheck. Oh, that's funny. I said, and even last night when I played the, this Japanese restaurant, yeah. I said, you know, comic is promoting it. Yeah. I said, listen, don't. Yeah. I said, you know, you don't have to give me the, the $100. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. goes, I only pay $50. Go, oh, then you're giving it to me. <laughs> and that, that happened at Comedy Magic. Like, oh, they used funny. to pay us a certain amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so I said, I, before I even saw the check, I said, no, I don't. Listen, get back on your feet. Give it yeah. to me later. Yeah, yeah. And I refused it. And Rich insisted that I take it. And yeah. then it wasn't as much as it used to be. That's funny. And I was like, then I was angry. Yeah, that's yeah, the psychology. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah What's yeah. wrong with Maj Jabrani? Is there anything? Did you want to complain oh, about God. anything before we wrap this up? I mean, My dad gets angry if it goes over like 25, I'm going to complain minutes. about Hank Azaria. He took my job. How did, doesn't he have other things to do? Has he made enough? Hank, oh. I'm talking to you, Hank, right now in camera one. Have you not made enough money with The Simpsons, oh. with all the other stuff you've done? Could you leave a little for Maz Jabrani, who happens to be bald and Middle Eastern? And If he shaves his head for this part and oh, goes he... a goatee, I'm, I'm canceling my subscription to the network. I guarantee he's going to come out and he's going to say, uh, did you see that Chris Rock? Uh, got slapped at the Oscars, and a few minutes later, they showed the in memoriam video. Uh, they should have put Chris Rock's cheek up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My that's joke. What, yeah, oh, that's what they would have yeah, done. Yeah, Maz, you're amazing. Do you want to? Do you want to guess before I wrap this up? What What does Orny Adams and the Pope have in common? 
uh, you guys both like uh, bolognese. Spaghetti bolognese. Pope's recipe to heal his painful knee. A shot of tequila. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. according to a viral video of the Pope at the end of a recent uh, audience. By the by the way, the Pope's selling a lot more tickets than me. Not funny at all. Not funny at it all. Hasn't made me laugh once in either language. That but he he's speaks. very good on TikTok. He quit, is he? I don't know. Have you seen his dance videos? <laughs> he quit what he really needs for the pain is a shot of tequila. That's exactly... Uh, he said, do you know what I need for my knee? Uh, uh, from his Pope mobile. I still think it's funny that he's got this... That's Pope fantastic. Mobile. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy had a joke about that, the Pope Mobile. How funny was Eddie Murphy? Okay. Was there anybody funnier than that? My girl wants to party, party all the time. time. Party. <laughs> Maz Jabrani, thanks so thanks much. Thanks for having me, buddy. I hope you had fun. I was I gotta be Always. honest. I was a little like um anxious to have you. I go, it's you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm having fun. We okay. have fun all the time. You know, because you're like a real comedian and everything, and I get very, you know. Not like Harland or the others you've had on here. Well, Harland's like a best friend. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And those guys I'm very close with. So you're one of a few people that I've had on. But uh, it's amazing. I love working with you. you got to see Moz. You are funny. Right back at you, brother. You are funny. Yeah. doesn't matter that I'm funny. I'll I don't have... I lack see you the Yamashiro's. I lack the ambition <laughs> that you have to just keep pushing forward. All you got to do is get somebody to edit the pieces. Put yeah. them out there. That's yeah. not ambition. You just need an editor. You yeah. don't need ambition. You need an editor. Well, I'll talk to you about this off yeah, the yeah. air. You can email me at what's wrong whatswrongatornyadams.com. Thank you, Ernesto Hurtado, for... He masters this thing. He okay. Like, and then he gets it up. It'll be uh, up in uh, I bet you Ernesto hours. could edit it. Edit your special and cut into clips and put it on social media. Ernesto can do it. Are you offering Ernesto a job right Ernesto, now? Ernesto, you've been hired. Yeah. I'll tell you, I would like Hank Azaria. <laughs> to edit your to special. To edit my special <laughs> yeah. and put shit. Uh-huh. Do you think Hank is sitting around with his agents going, how do I... How do I get more uh, How do I visibility? get... Yeah. You should put Hank in my... You should you should Photoshop him into this whole... See if, see if Ernesto can can put his face on this whole podcast <laughs> in my place. I wonder if Hank Azaria knows how many people's lives he's ruined <sighs> by Hank. accepting another part. Oh, Hank. Yeah. All right. Thanks, dude. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Amazing.